This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Jennifer Chapman, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having such an easy name. <laughs> uh, not like Stucheski. I mean, Jennifer Chapman, pretty, uh, pretty easy. So I really appreciate that. So we're going to talk on the show today on how to say no without getting fired. But before we do that, Jennifer, why don't you tell us you know, who you are and what do you do in the world? Yeah, well, I am a recovering workaholic, and I used to work a really intense job for a Fortune 500 company, and I really liked a lot of the things there, uh, but I hit a point where I decided, you know, I want to do things on my own terms, and I went out on my own on Leap Day of 2012. I love coaching. Leadership coaching is my favorite, and I specialize working with very task-focused people who also have to manage the people side of their job. So I work a lot with scientists, researchers, um, financial experts, economists. I, I am here to help you learn how to work with people more effectively. And we all need that, especially after 2021 and 2020 with the, the COVID pandemic, which is now technically an endemic, which means they don't think it's ever going to go away. Um, interesting, you talked about being a recovering workaholic. I get so sad when I see people, they work like 12, 15, 16, 17, 18 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'm like, why? I'm like, well, I, I, I want to, I'm trying to get this thing or I want to achieve this, uh, whatever I'm trying to achieve. And I'm like, yeah, but at what cost to your health, to your, not only your physical health, but your mental health and your friendships you're going to lose along the way. And I would rather, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk puts it really well. He said, I'd rather have you be happy and make $40,000 a year than be miserable making $40 million a year. Okay. So I think we have to talk about happiness because a lot of people are, are on an endless pursuit of that thing, whatever that thing is for them. And then when they get it, they realize, eh, still not happy. And then they, they keep trying to pursue the next thing and the next thing. And because they're not really happy, that pursuit is going to be in vain. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I, one thing I do when I work with my clients and they tell me about the goal that they have, then I ask them, well, what, what's that going to get you? And I like to have people imagine in the future. I'll say, okay, a year from now. So it's April of 2022 and you've worked with a coach and you've achieved your goals. Describe to me, what does your life look like now? And I find that having people pause and just really try to imagine what's the same and what's different can help people more effectively prioritize their goals in, you know, what's really going to make a difference to me a year from now. That's something everybody should think about because we're so busy living in the now and we should be, mm -hmm. but you need to think about what are you achieving? Now I'll give you an example. I'm 55 years young. And for the longest time, I wanted to make an obscene amount of money because I wanted to have a mansion and cars and boats and private islands. And that wasn't fulfilling for me. Now my big why is my mother is 76 years old and she's got late onset Alzheimer's. So she's a three-year-old in a 76-year-old body. My father is 80, her sole caregiver, and he's got physical issues. He doesn't want to put her in a home because of COVID. He may never see her again. Mm -hmm. So my big why is to pay off all my parents' debts, to pay for the care that dad wants her mom and pay for anything else they need. Now that that's my why, 
Now I get up every morning. I'm excited because now it's not about getting the latest toy. Now it's about helping people that brought me into the world. When you get your why right, when you really go after a goal that really resonates with you, and I can't judge whether what you're going after is right for you because I don't know you, listener. You're just listening to this show, and I'm glad you are. But once I got that right for me, it was a game changer. I agree with you 100%. And I think, like you said, I, whys are personal to each person. And I think they, it's okay that they change. Your whys are going to change. And it's good to reflect and ask yourself periodically what that why is. And for me, I once I figured out my why is I want to make a difference at with, I want to make a difference in people's lives. And I've gone through all through my life, a lot of different challenges. And there were times where I had a lot of support and there were times where I didn't have any support. And I, I just really feel passionate about helping people see there's an easier way than just in being in your own head and try to figure everything out. Let me ask you this question because I'm really fascinated based on what you just said. How many people do you have in your life, let's say the last five years, that really supported you a hundred percent because for me it's two one is my wife and the other is my aunt rory okay these are people doesn't matter if i have a good day bad day good year bad year made money didn't make money they were always on my side and i would argue that most people don't have a lot of those people we have people going yeah maybe you shouldn't work so hard so how many people do you have in your life that are a hundred percent sold out for your success well i've been really fortunate i have I'm one of five siblings and we're all super close. And we've had a lot of situations with my parents that are for another podcast another time, (laughs) Um, but it's really bounded us as, as siblings. So I've got four siblings who've got my back, no matter what my wonderful husband has been an amazing champion of me and my business. Um, I have incredible in-laws that are really supportive of me. And then I've, I hire coaches to help me out. Yes. A coach has a coach, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes more than one coach. And I'm really grateful for the coaches I've had who've been my cheerleaders. And then I sought out mentors. Sandy Mobley is probably my primary, uh, primary mentor. And she has taught me so much about coaching and, about business and, you know, just working with different kinds of people. So I would say I have a lot of people in my corner. And I'll also say that I make it a priority to seek out those kind of people and surround myself with them and nurture those relationships. I've got their backs. They've got mine. It's a two ways. Oh, good for you. I don't have any siblings, so I, I can't, I can't claim that, but I got a lot of friends in my life. And because I'm an entrepreneur like you, there are people in my life who don't know entrepreneurship. They say, why don't you get a real job? I, they don't understand. And if you don't understand what the entrepreneur is doing, so listener, if um, you have people in your life and you're an entrepreneur and they're not supporting you, first of all, if they don't understand what entrepreneur is and they think a real job is you go to a corporate job, they're not going to really be able to support you because they don't. you can't support something you don't understand, Okay. So my aunt Rory, she's 84 years old, served this country in the military. She doesn't know what an entrepreneur is, but she believes in me a hundred percent. My wife believes me a hundred percent. And I, I think it differs for people. I got a lot of people who are like, yeah, I know you can do it, but it's not, it's not like, 
I know you can do it. It's like, yeah, you can do it, Mark. Yeah, go ahead and do it. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that say, yeah, you know what? I believe in you. It's just not a question of if, it's a question of when. And so I have a lot of people cheering me on, but only two that are really sold out for me. I'm glad you have your siblings and, and you brought up your husband. You got to have your spouse. If your spouse does not support you, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's much more difficult because you live with this person. And if they're not on your side, it's going to be a really big uphill battle for you. Absolutely. And one thing that's funny is my husband's actually a mechanical engineer. So he's, you know, in, he can think like my ideal client. So I use him all the time. How should I phrase this? Or give me an example about that. I did a presentation a couple of weeks ago on getting buy-in and he helped me use the Avengers <laughs> as uh, um, the Civil War and what Iron Man was fighting for and what Captain America was fighting for. Awesome. And I totally wove it into this presentation and it was so fun. So um, he's not only supportive, but he's my target audience and has been really fun to work with. Hey there, it's Mark, and I want to invite you to become a Mark Struchowski Insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Well, that is awesome. That is awesome. Okay, well, let's let's talk about why I really wanted to have you in the show, because uh, you wanted to talk about how to say no without getting fired. Now, I was fired from my job at a corporate America back in July of 2005. And the last company I worked for, and I don't think I could ever work for a corporation again. I really don't. I've been an entrepreneur for 16 years. You didn't want to tell this guy no. Okay, you had to find a way how to coax it or no, but he sounded like it was a yes. And because people were terrified, because if you know your history, back in the uh, World War II days, you didn't want to go to tell Adolf Hitler that we lost the battle. Nobody wanted to tell Adolf Hitler bad news because it would end very badly for you. In other words, you'd be shot dead. Okay. So, and I see a lot, I, well, I don't know in corporate America today, but back then where I worked, there was a lot of people that didn't want to tell their superiors no. Even though that was the truth, even though that's the right thing to do, they didn't want to say no. So how can someone listening to this conversation with you say no, whether it's being um, their boss is asking them to do too much and their bandwidth is maxed out or they want them to work extra hours and they can't because they got a wedding or something to go to. How can people say no and not get fired? Yes. Well, let me tell you a story about when I realized I learned, needed to learn how to say no the right way and just own it. And this was back when I was working for the Fortune 500 firm. I had billable hours I had to get in each week. On top of that, I had I was over different uh, centers of practice that I had to make sure I was paying attention to that. I led a team of people and I was responsible for them being billable and their career development and handling any like client issues that came up. I worked all the time, all the time. And somewhere in there, I decided I wanted to be a coach. And I went to a very intensive coaching program where I had to go in person three days a month. And I was unavailable like that. Those three days were just like, go, 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 go. You're lucky if you get much sleep. And I was just about to start one of my monthly three-day sessions, and I got a call from my boss's boss asking me to lead a proposal. 
and it was going to start the next day. And the deadline was maybe five days from then. And I, I just, <laughs> I said, you know, I wish I could say yes, but there's no way I am going to be in class and completely out of pocket, no internet access, no phone, nothing. And I said, but I have uh, one of my colleagues that I had worked with on a proposal before. She'd never led one, but I said, I'm happy to mentor her behind the scenes. And I know she would do great. So he's like, all right, I'll try so-and-so. Sure enough, that's what ended up happening. And I took my very little precious time off of my coaching program to then mentor her on, on this proposal. And then I never, I didn't think about it again. And about six months later, I had my performance review. And guess what was on uh -oh. there? <laughs> I, I absolutely got dinged for saying no. And there was a line about how I wasn't always willing to do what was required, blah, blah, blah. And I was so, so mad. And I was mad for about a day. And then I was able to step out, step, take a step back and ask myself, if I were to do that over again, would I have made a decision? And I thought, no. Why? Because my why at the time was, I want to be a coach and I'm going to go to this coaching program. And actually, my company was helping me with part of that tuition oh. <laughs> for that program, right? And, I, and I'm like, so what happened? You know, did I, I still got recognition. I still got, you know, a, overall a good rating. Um, but I, I, and I thought, I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to let that go because I made the choice that was right for me. And if my organization or boss has a problem with it, that's on them. Um, and that was so freeing. And then coincidentally, around the same time in my coaching program, we learned different ways to say no in these kinds of situations. And so uh, the principles I'm teaching comes from a book called Language in the Pursuit of Happiness. It's by Chalmers Brother or Chalmers Brothers. I think there's an S on the end. Um, I will say it's a really verbose book. So don't like run out there and think you're going to just read it for a Monday afternoon. <laughs> but, um, but I will say there were some really good principles in there. And he says, okay, so obviously if somebody makes a request of you, you can say yes. Then if you need to say no, uh, don't just say no. But um, actually, and this is me now talking, not Chalmers Brothers, I have found it incredibly effective if you feel like you need to say no to do it with data and logic. Um, so for, so they don't care. Nobody cares if you're stressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody cares that you've got a newborn keeping you up at night. You've got to phrase it in terms of what's in it for your boss or whoever's making this request of you. So you can say... Hey, um, I, or, and you can make a comment like I'm, I could do X that you've asked me to do. Also, I've got A and B on my plate with these deadlines. So if you want me to do X, then we're going to need to move A or B to a different deadline. What would you prefer? So you put it back in their court and it's up to them to then prioritize and not all on you to try to juggle all these balls and figure it out. Um, and, and I find a lot of people are visual. So if you could even put it in, if you've got project plans, if you've got um, some kind of a timeline or workload 
something or another that you can show and say, literally, like, look at how this is. Let's figure out how to do this, but I'm going to need you to help me with some deadlines and priorities. This, the, the next thing you can do, well, and actually this ties into this way of saying no, is to make a counter offer. So I did this in my scenario that I shared. So I can't lead this proposal, but I know someone who can, and I'll help mentor this person. So it's like this counter offer that could be a solution to both. Um, you could also, hey, I can't get that to you by COB today, but I can get it to you by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning morning. And one tip I would absolutely give is when we use phrases like the beginning of the day or close of business, especially right now with the pandemic and people are working all kinds of weird hours, close of business to one person's 5 p.m. to somebody else, it's 3 p.m. to someone else, it's midnight. <laughs> like, you know, our, I remember where I, at this consulting firm, close of business was by 5 a.m. the next morning before anybody wakes up. <laughs> So I recommend using actual times, like I get it to you by 5 p.m. or I can get it to you by midnight, whatever that might be, or I can't get it to you by 5 p.m., but I can get it to you by tomorrow at 1030. Like be really clear um, so that there aren't any, um, yeah, so somebody doesn't get upset at you when you just weren't as clear as you could have. I would also add that when you give a time, make sure you specify the time zone. Cause like I'm in the central time zone. And so if I'm dealing with a customer on the East uh, West coast, okay. I got to say, okay, 5 PM central time. So they go, Oh, that's, that's okay. That's 7 PM. My time or no 3 PM. Yeah. 3 PM going the other way. So I, I would actually add the time zone on there because we're in a global world now. And if you don't specify the time and you're talking to someone in India, they may think it's their time when you actually meant your time. So just something I thought I interject there. Oh yes. Thank you. I, and I've had that happen. In fact, I've done a couple of podcasts with people in Singapore or Australia and, and I'll say, Oh, Hey, I hope, you know, how's your day been? And like, Oh, it's 5am here. <laughs> I'm still the day before. Yeah. Um, then the last uh, tip is what you can do. If somebody makes a request of you is commit to commit. That's, this is my favorite tool because so many times we get caught off guard. We're in the middle of something. Somebody's going to IM you, um, Back in the day when we worked in an office, people would walk down the hall and just throw stuff at you. And a lot of us, when we're caught off guard, we just say yes. Like that's the default. And boy, that can get us in trouble because then we walk 10 more steps and go, oh my gosh, I have a meeting. You know, I said I could get that to you by three. I've got a meeting from one to three. When am I going to get this done? So commit to commit is saying, hey, I'd, I'd love to help you out. Let me check my calendar. And I'll get back to you and, and, or I'm going to let me check with my team. And a lot of times when you say you're going to get back to someone, tell them when you're going to get back to them. Hey, I'm about to go into a meeting. I will get back to you by three and, and let you know, and you're doing them a favor and you a favor. Cause you're, if you have taken a pause, you're not going to overcommit and end up frustrating this person or frustrating your team. That's going to freak out and scream. And then commit to commit also gives you time to craft your counter offer if you want to use that one or your no, where you're going to use data and logic mm. to push back. 
um, rather than emotion. Yeah. I would also that's what gets that. That's great idea for the corporate world. Here's here's a little twist on that. If you get asked and it's not at work, like the PTA or something in your community, one of these I tell people is it's similar to what your commit to commit is. Little tweak. You say, look at, I can't answer that right now. Can you circle back to me in a day or two? Okay, because what happens is you already alluded to this early in the show. It puts the burden back on them and hopefully they'll find some other sucker. I mean, some other person to do what you're asking. But what happens is we get asked. We're like, um, yeah. And we don't check our calendar. We don't pause like you say. So just say, look, at, I don't have my phone with me. I, I, I'm on the way to a meeting. Can you circle back to me now? What I'm hoping that people do is they go find somebody else. I didn't mean to say, I didn't mean to say sucker, but you know, we like to say yes to people. The problem is, and I want the listener to understand this. Every time you say yes, you are stealing time from your future self. Let me say that again. Cause in case listener, you were like walking the dog and didn't hear it. Cause the car drove by. Every time you say yes, you're stealing time from your future self. And if you just go, yes, I'll do that. And yes, I'll do this. And then the future gets here and like, oh my gosh, I have no time because your past self stole that time. And I want people to really think about that because it does matter. Be very careful of when you say yes. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just for referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to MrProductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link. Yes, and another way I phrase it is with everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something yes. else. And so back to my example, if I would have said yes to that proposal, I would have been saying no to my investment in that coaching program, let alone how it changed my life and my business and everything. Um, and so ask yourself at the end of the day, like, which is the most important thing to say yes to? I say no th to things in my business all the time because it infringes on my time with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, I'm very firm about when I end my workday because then I only have an hour or two before dinner and bedtime and everything that I want time with my children. So be clear about what those priorities are, and then it becomes a lot easier to say no because you're remembering what you are saying yes to. Yes, and you brought up something very important, work hours. When you used to go to a job, for those of you working from home, you'd go to work at eight, you take lunch at noon, you come home at five. When you work from home, it's very gray area between work and home. And one of the things I encourage people to do, number one, have a dedicated work area, whether it's a spare bedroom, yes. uh, whether it's a den, doesn't matter. But number two, have work hours and stick to them. So my work hours are Monday through Friday, nine to four. Now, do I do some work after four if I want to? But my clients know you cannot book a podcast interview outside of nine to four. You can't book a coaching call outside of nine to four. Now, some exceptions for my friends over in Australia and other side of the world, obviously have to make some adjustments, but you need to have office hours, but you just can't have office hours. You're going to have office hours and stick to them because if you have office hours, you don't stick to them. People go, ah, Jennifer's done. She's not serious about their office hours. Stick to them and say, look, it's five minutes before the end of business day. I'll do it tomorrow. This is going to set up boundaries. And I think boundaries are really key to running of an effective business, whether you're working for yourself or working for somebody else. Ab absolutely. And some of the tips I've given to people during the pandemic where it's become so hard to manage our work lives is if you're already 
you know, working from home and in front of a computer all the time, take your work email off of your phone. There's no reason, no reason, because you're already there by other electronic devices. And then when you're away from your computer, you are away from what from everything else. And if somebody really needs to get in touch with you, they can pick up the phone. Yes. Right. And then another thing, I know some of you don't have an office or a den or a a dedicated workplace. And some of you are parents who are trying to juggle e-learning with your kids (laughs) while you're working and you're, you're working at the kitchen table. Um, And so for all of you, I recommend pick a work chair. So, Uh and if you tend to sit at a certain chair, when you guys eat dinner as a family, don't, don't sit in that chair. And I know it sounds really silly, but it really does make a difference. If you work in your family room with your laptop on your lap, don't work where you watch TV. Pick a different seat. Excellent. And then th- that creates a mental difference um, and it, it will help you create some boundaries. Yeah. And when you pick this area you're going to work at, make sure you tell the other human beings that when you're in there, it's work time and you can be interrupted in the event and emergency. And be sure you clarify an emergency because little Susie went to ask dad for a cookie. And he said, no. So he came to you. That's not an emergency. Dad was out there, took care of the situation. And a lot of people, they do all these things and they don't define an emergency. Okay. Define an emergency and make sure they understand it. Okay. If, uh, you know, someone gets hurt, there's blood involved, then you can come and get me. But because you're fighting over the TV <laughs> state, there's another adult in the home. So just define the emergencies. So Jennifer, we talked a lot about, you know, how to say no. We both gave a lot of ideas. And what I want to list the listener understand is don't try to do everything we talked about. Just pick one thing that resonates with you and go do that. Because if you do too much, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to quit. We don't want that. So in a few minutes, I'm going to ask Jennifer to tell us how we can find out more about you, about her. But before we do that, we're going to do this thing called Mic Swap. This is the opportunity of the show where Jennifer gets to be the temporary host of the Mark Strzeski podcast. She doesn't have to say the name Strzeski, but she can't ask me credit card or social security numbers either. But any other question is on the table. And if I don't know, I'll tell you, I don't have the foggiest idea. So Jennifer, you can ask me one or two questions. It's all yours. All right. Well, Mark, I know that you set off this year uh, with the intention of doing a podcast every day. And I would love to know what has changed for you doing daily podcasts. I have, well, I will think I become a better interviewer. I have let things just happen. I used to get stressed over the interviews and, you know, did someone cancel because, because people cancel, kids get sick, whatever, or lockdowns. And what I do now is I just like, I just extend myself grace. So if someone cancels, I just create a solo episode that day. I don't worry about it. I used to get so stressed, but I know creating 365 brand new episodes in the calendar year is a lot. If you don't have a team like Gary Vaynerchuk, now Gary Vaynerchuk, he creates all this content and and his team goes and makes all these podcasts. I don't have that luxury. Okay. I create the interview. My wife does the processing and then it's done. That's, that's all of us. But I've learned to number one, give myself grace. Number two, have fun with the process. Look at technology is going to fail us. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I lost the internet for three days, had to cancel three interviews and it happens. Life happens. Power goes out. People get sick. And I just like, I'm not going to stress over it. I'm just going to embrace the journey. And here it is April 9th. I've not missed a day. My streak didn't start January 1st, by the way, it actually started Christmas day. January 1st is when I decided to do it all uh, every day for 2021. So my everyday streak started Christmas day, 2020. And as I look at the wow. calendar saying April 9th, I'm like, wow, that's a, 
That's a lot of episodes. And you know what? I've got great guests like you. I've got probably 80 guests on my schedule through July. So I'm super excited about it. That's awesome. Thank you. You have another question for me or is that it? I think that's okay, all for, that's fine. for today. Well, I have one more question for you. Where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? So I would love for people to come find me at my website, which is ambitionleadership.com. And if you go to my homepage, you'll see you can book a 15-minute complimentary coaching session with me. And, you know, I would love to have you, if something resonated with today's show, or if you want to talk about a situation you're in right now where it's hard to say no, you don't know, or you don't know how to have the boundaries you want to have, or we can do that vision exercise we talked about at the beginning about where you want to see yourself a year from now. Um, no strings attached, just uh, book some time with me and I'd love a chance to talk to uh, some of you listeners. Now, when when people call you and get this complimentary session, can one of the services you offer, can you say no for them? Or do that? You no, okay? That's not a feature. Okay, that'd be a really cool feature, though. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, Jennifer. I want you to call my boss and tell him no. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that for you. But I will help walk you through and uh, even help kind of role play that what that conversation could look awesome. like. And now I, I'm suddenly thinking of all these kids who are going to call me or tell my dad no. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, this has been so much fun. Thank you for being an incredible guest on the show. Oh, I've had such a great time and thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.